welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. And today we have a special guest, uh, someone I'm very excited to have on the podcast, finally, 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 uh, deputy editor of The Goods by Vox, it's Alana Oaken. Hello. Yay. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, so excited to have you here. Uh, Alana and I have been uh, friends for a year? Yeah. Something like that. And uh, you have done a lot of great writing for The Goods and for Vox, and you showed up on Polygon recently um, about video games, and you and I have talked a lot about video games over the past uh, 8 to 12 months. Um, <laughs> and you've had, you've had kind of like an interesting, uh, kind of like an interesting, like, jaunt into the video game world, like, semi-recently. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, right? So like I feel like I've gotten intensely into games fairly recently. Like, you know, I had a Game Boy when I was ten and I always played Zelda and like I would actually when I used to work at BuzzFeed, I covered Nintendo games sort of off and on, but usually from oh, wow. a like yeah, sort of from like a personal essay perspective, you know. So like my favorite piece I ever wrote probably was about uh playing Majora's Mask and losing on purpose in order to sort of like play this weird game with myself about anxiety, essentially, like what happens when the thing you're staving off happens to you. Yeah. But yeah, it, it really wasn't until like a year or two ago, I think that I got so super intensely into games. Like I got a switch in 2017, mm-hmm. um, kind of along with <laughs> the rest of the world. Uh, but it really like was not something that I was using beyond traveling until yeah, maybe like a year or two ago. And yeah. And since, since this year began in particular, I've just, been, I think I've logged something like four or 500 hours on my switch, which is just like psychotic, but I, I, I don't know. It's something I'm also weirdly proud of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I know. I, I mean, how much of that is fire emblem? like more than half i mean so so i will say you guys might have messed up by inviting me on this show because (laughs) the only games that i have been playing with any regularity and by that i mean like so much regularity are the the sort of trifecta i feel like of into the aether it's it's fire emblem three houses breath of the wild and animal crossing so like there's there's not going to be any like diversity of game this is secretly the second part to our fire emblem bonus episode yeah oh my god it's just (laughs) Caspar content. We're only discussing the guy. Yeah, these are all games that we've done bonus episodes on, I guess. So I guess this is a a 0.5 for all of those. Um, Mm -hmm. I do remember (laughs) I will, I think, maybe never forget, uh, you and I were in a bar I think right after New Year's and like you and I were the only people home. So we were like, let's just hang out. And we went out drinking and you were like, I think I'm going to get Fire Emblem tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And I think back on that constantly. (laughs) Yo, no, I remember that because it was it was right before New Year's because I mm. started playing on New Year's Day. Yes. And yeah. have since you guys, I've beaten it six times. Wow. I'm on my seventh run right now. <laughs> I, I'm not really playing as much anymore, but like I yeah. just can't overstate how obsessed with this game I got. Yeah. Do what, you have uh, a definitive favorite house at this point? Not to put you on the spot, but I must know. Um, they all have their charms. I started with Golden Deer and I just like love Claude so much. I think yeah. that, and also like they are sort of the least uh, troubling, I think. In terms of <laughs> their yeah, there's a line Hilda has like shortly after the time skip, yeah. she's like, I'm so glad I'm not in any other house right now because <laughs> Edelgard totally. like really wants to burn the world down and Dimitri needs to get his shit together. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'd say I, I'm, I'm Golden Deer first, uh, but yeah. you know, the Blue Lions have so much, so much 
tension and lore that they're probably my favorite <laughs> like set of characters. Mm. I also um, not to like blow up my own spot, but I this is I'm, I'm 30. I just turned 30 and I've recently gotten very into fanfic. Like I started reading Fire Emblem fanfic like because of all this, because I was just like, these characters are so interesting. I want to like hear more about them. Yeah. And some of it is so well written and so interesting. And so I feel like I have this whole other dimension to my Fire Emblem like gameplay and it's almost then weird to go back and play the game and be like oh right like that you know like thing yeah. about dimitri isn't actually like true it's just something that like everyone decided was true <laughs> is is there anything that's in your head canon forever now like after reading it in fanfic is there anything that you're like i, I will never sway from this being a story i mean beat? like this isn't even interesting but like sylvain and felix just are married like they just are husbands <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like nothing else <laughs> can matter <laughs> That's perfect. That's really good. That is the ending I got for them. They got paired together, yeah. which like didn't explicitly say it, but was heavily implying it. Right. Um, yeah. Right. They never like, left each other's side or whatever. Like, okay, like, okay, game. I get it. Yeah. Thanks, oh, that's Vincent. so good. Um, <laughs> so uh, speaking of uh, the three games you've been playing, you wrote a piece for uh, for the goods recently, which, by the way, the goods is an incredible uh, website. Um, it's it's Thank part you. of it's part of Vox.com. Um, and and please correct me if I'm butchering this, but the goods is pretty much just about the things we buy and why we buy them, essentially. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. consumerism, essentially. Yeah. Um, it is the only newsletter that I'm subscribed to. Uh, I'll say oh that. Oh my much. god, I'm so honored. Uh, actually, no. Yours, yours also. Your separate one. Uh, your your video game one uh, is. Oh is my the god, other one. the most dormant newsletter known to man. I think I, I've sent out two. <laughs> I know, but it was very exciting when that second one showed up. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, the goods I read constantly, I, I think it's a great outlet. And, and you wrote a piece that was called The One Thing Keeping Me Going in Quarantine, Video Games. Um, and, and it was a really great piece. And I just wanted to kind of, I guess, ask you to uh, expound upon it a little bit more, if you wouldn't mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I just think it's really interesting. It, it's pretty much just essentially like um, how you've been using uh, Animal Crossing, which is a game about connecting uh, with people, whether they be like animal villagers or your actual <laughs> friends, uh, as a way to kind of fill the gap between uh, not being able to see people currently. But also there's Breath of the Wild, which is like a very, very, very solitary experience. And I'm just wondering, I'm, I'm wondering how those two mesh together and how uh, they're they're helping you through everything that's happening in the global <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, totally. So I started quarantine, sort of finishing up my three houses, you know, extravaganza, um, and knew that I wanted something really, really immersive next, but I wasn't quite sure what that was going to be. So this was probably like early February. Um, and I got Breath of the Wild with the Switch when it came out. And I have to tell you, I did not like it at first. Like three mm. years ago, I just was not into it. I thought like what I always loved about Zelda games um, and particularly like Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, those were kind of my my mainline favorites was I don't know. I just loved how sort of intimate the world felt. Like I loved that you could kind of like wander around and meet these villagers and that there was just this kind of clear through line for how to play it. Um, I'm someone who loves rules and I love restrictions. And I think that I was just very overwhelmed by Breath of the Wild. I was like, especially, you know, that first five hours or whatever, when you're on the Great Plateau, it's just like so lonely and hard. And like, I just couldn't really see why I would want to dump a lot of time into this game. Um, and then my best friend is a really wonderful woman 
woman named Ode, who I talk about and write about all the time. And she actually makes an appearance in this piece. And she is just like not a gamer at all. Like she mostly just like makes fun of me and our other friends. Where it's like, oh yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Um, But during quarantine, she uh, borrowed, quote unquote, her boyfriend's new Switch and beat Breath of the Wild in like two weeks. Like she just got so, so obsessed with it. Wow. And so into this, like, you know, wandering around this landscape and finding all these people to talk to. And I was kind of like, okay, I need to give this a fair shot. Like if she loves it this much and like this kind of seems like the moment to have a place to wander around in, I should give it a shot as well. And literally it just like kind of meant everything to me. Like it, I, I'm almost done now. I, I, so I, I've beaten every shrine and I have two side quests left and then I'm going to go. You did every wow. shrine? Yeah, I did, I did nice. 120 shrines. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So that's, it's just been fun. Like, I mean, this is the dorkiest thing ever, but I would make to-do lists. Like I would be like, okay, well today I need to find like 10 Bokoblin horns to like upgrade my armor. And like, then I want to like beat all of the shrines in like the lakeside region. And I would literally check it off. Like I would a work task. Um, And so I think that that was kind of what I, like what I've taken away from that is like, it's so nice to have low stakes victories. Like, no one cares if I get all the shrines. Like no one cares if I, you know, complete the like my wife has washed away quest or whatever. <laughs> Such a weird I think quest. someone cares about that. Yeah, one. <laughs> Maybe the one NPC. <laughs> but like it, it, it just gave my days structure that I could kind of like impose on it. Um, so that's that that was sort of the first half, I guess, of quarantine. And then, yeah, and then Animal Crossing, I got it later than everyone else. I actually only got it like a week and change ago, maybe two weeks at this point. Yeah. Um, and like I'd never played an Animal Crossing game before. Um, Ode, actually, fun fact, the only other game she's ever really loved was Pocket Camp. And she and she and a oh, wow. friend of ours were like, yeah, I know. And I like keep trying to convince her to get uh, New Horizons, but we're, we're not quite there yet. Um, but anyway, I I got it just because like I always loved, you know, like The Sims and Stardew Valley and just sort of little domestic, like create your own space type games. Um, frankly, I thought it looked a little goofy at first, but you guys talking about it and just like so many of my friends having it was like, okay, this is something that I'm willing to spend money on, especially because there does seem to be this social element. And it's just been like such a wonderful part of my day now. Like it's kind of like replaced Zelda um, where it's like, I think you were talking about this, Stephen, like I wake up and just like the thing I do is like, like, you know, check my turnip prices and like... <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah. do my chores. Like, I guess what I'm talking about here is just like assigning myself chores? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, um, yeah. I think that's really interesting though, because you brought up earlier with, uh, you know, you you originally gravitated towards stuff like Majora's Mask and Ocarina that had those imposed limits, mm-hmm. and now it sounds like you're giving yourself. Not only are you giving yourself those limits, but you're having fun and discovering what they're going to be in these games yeah. that kind of leave it open to you. No, that's a really good point because I think I did not know. Like, it was really only probably to day or yesterday that I figured out like kind of what I want my island to look like and like it was not I I did not start playing Breath of the Wild being like okay you have to you know get all the shrines you have to do all the like I sort of just was like stumbling around until right these sort of limitations I guess you could call them but also sort of just like parameters took shape for myself Um, so that's it's just been so fun and like I so I also my boyfriend also has a switch and like we've weirdly been quite social about it like especially at the beginning like we would just like sit on the couch and play Breath of the Wild like next to each other 
on our switches. That's amazing. And so it's it's really fun. Like, and he's he's more into like PS4 games and stuff. So he's been playing like a lot of Apex with our friends, and I'll sort of be like, "Hey, Kevin, like you know, like say hi to him for me or whatever." Yeah. So I don't know. Games are just like really connecting me with people in a way that they had never before because I think I need that. That's awesome. I I feel the same way, especially with like just the ability to visit friends' islands in Animal Crossing. Like I've had multiple hangouts with people where we like go on some type of video chat service uh be it google hangouts or zoom i'm not endorsing either uh, <laughs> and uh we'll visit each other's islands while we're video chatting and like it really is i mean i think especially right now but even even without the current situation i think it is like a really nice way to connect with friends i felt the same thing about pokemon when that came out last mm-hmm. year and like people i hadn't talked to in a long time were reaching out and like it really is like the same way when like there's a show that's really popular and everyone's talking about it and it becomes this kind of like event that connects people video games can do the same thing and it sounds like you're experiencing that now which is awesome yeah and also when it comes to animal crossing i was worried that i was starting too late like the fact that i was starting like <laughs> you know a month and a half after everyone else i was like there's no I'm going to catch up. Like, you know, I'm just like seeing all these amazing things people are doing. Everyone has been so unequivocally nice to me. Like, not that I have any mean friends, but you know, like you kind of expect people to like make their own way in games. But like, as soon as I started, I probably had like three friends who were like, oh my God, like here, I'm going to give you all the fruits. Like, you know, do you need yeah. iron ore to make? <laughs> I'm going to pay your loans. <laughs> I'm going to give you ta- tangy as a villager. Like, yeah. oh my God, the generosity. My coworker, Rebecca, gave me 30 iron ore. And I think it would have taken me like five days to like oh you so know, you could get the store yeah. Yeah. anyway yeah and like That's i don't so know nice. when i'm in uh like i'm in a chat as well like you are brendan um at work and like i don't know most of the people in this like 70 person slack room yeah but like they're so cool about just like oh you know like here are my prices today or like does anyone need this recipe and it's just like really heartwarming i don't know it feels it, it feels like again low stakes but but really key yeah absolutely yeah it is weird the the dichotomy between like not only is are we in a time where like it's pretty hard to connect with people but in instances like these animal crossing slack groups and like like i i am also meeting a bunch of people who i've like been on emails with but i've never really like yeah, talked to yeah. or like people that i've never even heard of but it's like once i find out what they do for marvel i'm like oh my god i can't believe like you're the person that did this like stuff like that um you know just like talking to like the people who edit the x-men books and like also going to their islands to like share turnip prices or something like so bizarre such a weird thing but um it really is like kind of heartwarming and 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 really nice and i i don't know i i just i i think that even without all the stuff that's happening new horizons would have been like a huge 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 hit totally but i i think this is just like metastasized the whole thing and just it, it's grown to such a level where like animal crossing is going to be like a cornerstone of i think video games forever in the way that like i think steve and i talked about this at one point but like in the way that minecraft kind of like seeped its way or at least mm-hmm. its design philosophy kind of seeped its way into a lot of other games after it came out i feel like animal crossing new horizons is also going to start to like percolate in other things uh <laughs> forever which is honestly really exciting for me as somebody who's loved animal crossing for so long like if every game turned into animal crossing i would be thrilled by that <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah yeah i was actually gonna ask you brendan because this is like we've talked about this before but this game has been such a cult hit and is now like the most mainstream hit not to be like oh so up. like you know everyone has <laughs> yeah, it yeah you know like how does that 
How does that affect your view on the series? Like, you know, what have you gone through because of that? I guess. I mean, um, personally, I'm just thrilled by it. You know, like I, I'm never yeah. going to be one of those people with literally anything. I'm never going to be one of those people that's like, oh, I want less people to play this thing. You know, it's a, it's a thing that's <laughs> it's brought me joy yeah. and, and has helped me through like so many like rough points in my life. Every time one has come out, like all the way back to Wild World on the DS through mm-hmm. New Leaf and now New Horizons, maybe helping me through the hardest thing <laughs> we've ever had to go through like as a as 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 a as a human race that's alive currently i guess but like yeah i i don't know i i think it's great um my dad every time i talk to him is like i'm thinking about getting animal crossing and i'm like yeah you should get animal crossing <laughs> he, the only game he has on his switch is is um actually no he has breath of the wild and he has Link's awakening uh because he's just like a big zelda fan right. but he's thinking about like breaking out for the first time ever and trying a different nintendo game and he wants that to be animal crossing i'm like yeah of course i've i've been playing these in your vicinity for my entire life and I think you've never asked or noticed and now you're going to understand why I've been doing that for so long so I'm thrilled by it the only one that kind of bummed me out was Pocket Camp but that's why I love it Ode loves Pocket Camp that's so funny it's fascinating to me such a hot take just just tell her that New Horizons is Pocket Camp without any of the uh, energy meters or timers and I think she'll be sold on it what if you didn't have yeah, to wait I, to play I more Pocket Camp I think she's gonna love it yeah because also she is an artist and like this is something that's been so fun about Animal Crossing is making custom designs I am mm. so obsessed with the custom design yeah. portal like so one of my good friends um had a book come out last week actually oh my god i can't believe it it was just this past tuesday time is an illusion uh her book <laughs> came out tuesday and obviously she couldn't do like a big book party or whatever like a reading um which is a bummer but so i designed her book cover for her in animal crossing nice. and just like i i I messed up, though, because I thought I could I thought you could send custom objects like I thought I could send her like the magazine with the book cover and it would be like a cute little surprise. Mm. But instead, I just screenshot her the recipe for it (laughs) uh, or the the QR code rather. Um, But I've also um, another sort of, I guess, social parasocial component has been I've gotten really into all these like Instagrams and Tumblrs that are putting together really cool custom stuff like like I've just been totally down the rabbit hole of like custom clothes and path designs and like just seeing what people are doing with their islands like it literally feels like when I moved into my apartment and was yes. like looking at design blogs and like being like oh like which Ikea like Calax should I buy or <laughs> yeah it's so goofy um, if you look through like my yeah. saved tweets like it, my bookmark tweets and also like my saved reddit threads you can go back and you can see all of my hobbies essentially just like as I pick them up like <laughs> For a while, it was keyboards. And then, like, recently, if you open up, like, my saved Reddit threads or my saved bookmark tweets, it's, like, all just kitchens and Animal Crossing until I figured out what my kitchen was going to look like. And then it was all bedrooms and Animal Crossing until I figured out what my bedroom was going to look like. And then it was, like, a hundred different versions of how to make an outdoor cafe. Uh, and then I figured, like, I just, like, blended every idea into, like, what I oh, thought yeah? was the perfect thing that represented me aesthetically, which I love. I, I always love doing that. I mean, even it's weird to think back, but like even when I had um, I had a podcast at a company that I used to work for where I would just like have to make Twitter moments constantly. Like I would have to make like mm-hmm. a like a 30 second to one minute version of a story and like turn it into a Twitter moment that was like audio, which was bizarre. But anyway, um, <laughs> even that would be like would be like me reading like 15 to 20 different versions of articles writing about the same thing until I was like, I have formed a brain blast opinion. And then I would like try and like distill it all down to 30 30 seconds to a minute and and i feel like that's also what i've been doing weirdly with animal crossing is just like ingesting hundreds of pictures of kitchens <laughs> until i make the perfect kitchen at least uh you know perfect based on the stuff that i've unlocked or have access to yeah, i got right. a skeleton i got a golden version of me 
got a cluster of weeds and uh, uh, shit. This is a doctor's neighbor. office. <laughs> <laughs> shit, this is a waiting room. Fuck, burn this down. Has, has it made you want to do the same, like in your own homes? Like, has it? Yes. Has it yeah, has it affected the nesting bug IRL? <laughs> it, abs- it absolutely has. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't have any plants here. Now I have a plant in my environment. <laughs> I'm gonna get more. Um, <laughs> Honestly, this is a little bit twofold, but like, yeah, definitely like leaning into the aesthetic interior design stuff in Animal Crossing has always been something that I've really enjoyed about the series. But that paired with the fact that like I'm sitting at this desk that I uh, used to only use to record podcasts and edit podcasts. (laughs) um, But now I'm working here literally every single day, all day. Um, I've like invested a lot into making my desk nicer. (laughs) Uh, And and I think a lot of that also came weirdly from Animal Crossing was like, okay, what how can I use what I've learned? Like, uh, who who did that piece for Polygon? I think it was uh, I think it was Simone did a a video Mm. for Polygon where um, she had I think one of the one of the curbed editors, potentially uh, one of like interior design editors for curbed come on and like talk about interior design philosophy and stuff and how you can apply it to Mm. Animal Crossing. And that video, I, I will link your piece and I'll link that video both in in the show notes, by the way, because they're both they're both incredible. But that that video in particular, I, I think, really like solidified a lot of ideas in my head. Um, and then mm. I've, I've now been applying that to my real life, which is weird, but great. I mean, it's make it's making my life better in a way that every Animal Crossing <laughs> game has previously. But in this in this instance, it's another new way, which is awesome. I'll add this yeah, to you. Oh, go, Steven. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, in terms of, like, influence and good habits, I don't know if you've experienced this. I'm talking with my friend Sadie about it. But all my villagers lift weights constantly, like, all day. <laughs> and it's made me work out more. Like, I watch that. I'm like, I should be doing this, too. <laughs> like, I'm watching them, like, majestic. out of breath, sweating in the town hall. Imagine working out, like, in front of the mayor's office. Just such bravery. <laughs> <laughs> so that's instilled some good habits on my end. I'm sorry, Alana, you're saying. Oh, yeah, no, I, I was just saying, though, Brendan, what you were saying really made me think of, like, I think what I love and have always loved about games, because, again, like I said, I played The Sims and Stardew Valley and sort of all these types of games growing up, is this idea that, like, even if you can't control the rest of the world or make it look how you want it to or, you know, act how you want it to, like, it is a worthwhile pursuit to control this very small thing right in front of you. Like, again, whether that is your, you know, desktop at home or, you know, your little fictional island, like there is just such a like satisfying joy in being like, this looks how I want it to because I made it that way. Yeah. Full stop. Like there is a cause and an effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I really like my kitchen, guys. I, <laughs> I think it came out great. But once I, I made have my to come visit. Yeah, you definitely do. Um once I once I made my kitchen, I like locked it down. I have not touched that thing in like three or four weeks. Like as soon as I got that looking the way I wanted it to, I was like, I'm I'm not even gonna go in here. This is a museum. This is pristine. Um, <laughs> I don't eat in my kitchen. Plebeian. Don't touch I it. Have, don't look at me. I have two rooms in my house right now, which for some reason are the main room, which is the bedroom, the living room, the you know craft corner or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and then a gigantic bathroom. Like I think it's just because <laughs> I got. I got sent a really nice toilet at the beginning of the game. And like, it's sort of just, so now I just have this like massive fucking bathroom attached to my like one room studio. It's so funny. It is like, it is a game where you'll get an item and you'll be like, well, that's it. That's my house. Yeah, 100%. I I, I fished enough garbage out of the ocean (laughs) that my character was like, 
I've got it. And uh, I now have a wallpaper that's like this aisle of dogs, like distance of just trash. And I have trash floor. So I want to make a bathroom that's just like a toilet surrounded by garbage for some reason. You make like make like a dive bar bathroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a everywhere. Exactly. Just like a dystopian garbage den. Because my the rest of my house is really nice. I like the idea of just one room being like, this is the trash zone. Don't even look at this place. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right now. Um. I have the main room, which is just like kind of a living room, like study area kind of thing. Uh, off to the right, I have like a music room, which is like a really nice stereo system and like a bunch of like guitars and amps and stuff. Uh, and then there's like album art all over the walls. And it's playing like the most like persona ass music, which I love every time I walk in. Um, and then I have the kitchen, which shan't be touched. Uh, and then upstairs, <laughs> ow, <laughs> upstairs is my bedroom, which is great. Uh, but that left the back room, which used to be the bedroom. But as soon as I unlocked the upstairs, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll spread out. So the back room right now, um, I just have like like flowers on the ground and then uh, a bunch of trees. And it's pretty much just a backyard with literally nothing in it. And I love it. Every time I walk <laughs> in there, it, there's no furniture in there. There's nothing. Uh, it's yeah. just a backyard. Some of the wallpapers are so creative in like the perspective it implies. Like I... This is more mm. grounded, but in my living room, I have one where there are windows with like trees outside. Yeah. So it looks like, oh, like it has like depth to it, which is really interesting. And then there's one like, you know, there's the animated crowd at like a fighting arena, mm -hmm. which is yeah. great. Which I've seen used um, to great effect in, in many, many different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm so yeah. impressed by all the like forced perspective stuff people do. That is yeah. definitely on my wish list. I think it's so I, I, I can never tell if it's like it looks just that good in the screenshot. But like, I, I don't know. I just think it's so fun. Yeah. Really you're talking cool. about the stuff where like people have like in the back of their island, there's like cliffs that go downwards yeah. and like they use the little like, toy cars yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, to make it look like you're. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah, I don't know the the amount of creativity that I've seen from people. It's stuff that I would never do personally, and I mm -hmm. I almost mm -hmm. have no interest in doing. But I'm really glad that the game allows people to indulge if that's yeah, what they yeah. want to be doing. I I definitely have like a more naturalist approach to my island. I think like it's mostly <laughs> still trees and like I didn't even put too yeah, many pathways yeah. down or anything. You know, like the the most I would say that I've built is like that outdoor cafe, and I'm thinking about doing like an outdoor library next to my museum at some point. But like. Outside of that, it's like mostly a new leaf island. Like I, I just kind of mm -hmm. wanted to leave it like as as pristine as possible. Um, but that doesn't mean that whenever I go visit somebody's island and it is somehow an entire actual <laughs> metropolis city with paved <laughs> streets and street lamps uh, that I'm not like floored by it and like yeah. think to myself, oh, if I had the time or the desire, that would be a pretty <laughs> sick island to have. <laughs> oh, sick! Your island is just the Seinfeld apartment. Good job. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Berto lives in Jerry's bedroom. Cool. That's great. <laughs> he hits, he hits his head on the bike every Berto time. Doing? Oh, yeah, how's Berto? Oh man. So Berto, uh, he's doing fine. I've decided that like in in talks of like um like this balance of of letting the island be what it is and making it something. Uh, I have four villagers that I've decided like I want to keep forever, and Berdo is mm -hmm. one of them because like there's just so many unanswered questions. Uh, he <laughs> <laughs> he was sleeping like on the street, just like sitting in REM sleep, and then he woke up and like had some kind of oh he woke up and he said I saw what you were doing yesterday. You can't get anything past me, and he's like just kidding. I saw you catching bugs. Catch anything good? And it was really unsettling. 
horrifying. Yeah, um, yes, that's what he's I up just, to. I, <laughs> I had to give a shout out to my partner, Farsia, who just texted me from the other room and uh, in all caps that you pronounce it Beardo, not Beardo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't even occur to me. me I wonder what it is. I think it's Beardo because yeah, it doesn't have a beard. <laughs> And he's a bear. True. That's kind of that's why I said bear though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also tell Persia that I'll I'll never be able to repay the gift she sent me, which is KK Tango. And on the cover is Bardo yes. wearing pants for the first time doing <laughs> tango with the fox. Uh it's amazing. If you Incredible. gave Bardo pants, would he wear them? I tried. I gave him pants and a tank top. <laughs> of course you did. And he just wears the tank top, so he's like this 30s strong man walking around with his really unsettling lower belly hair. <laughs> just, just strutting it around. And he had fleas recently. He was like, oh, I'm all itchy. Like, oh, I need to reset the safe. File. I don't like it because he, he's like a 1910s, like posh Englishman in my head yeah, in a weird way. He definitely and the idea of him having like fleas this. is like, yes, yeah, he's definitely like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Lieutenant Armstrong style guy. I just can't imagine him having fleas. Very weird. I feel like I feel like he would never live it down himself if he had fleas. You know. I learned that when a villager has fleas, you hit them with the net, and they're like, "Thank you, the curse has been lifted." Yes. <laughs> and then I gave the flea to the museum, which was like the first time I could see why Blathers was like, "What the fuck are you handing me?" <laughs> You just gave me Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man and a flea in the same 30 seconds. I don't know what to feel. And his Bardo's flea. Yeah. <laughs> I know that stench. <laughs> so that's what he's up to. Alana, do you have any favorite villagers so far? Um, I just got Pecan. She's very cute. She is, I don't really know what her deal is yet, but she was in my campsite. Mm. And I, I, I think I only have like five or six villagers at this point. Um... And she made me play a card game in order to, like, agree that she would move to my island. Yeah. And I think that that really heightened my, like, desire to have her. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, if they're playing hard to get, it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, she, she knows her worth. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just really cute. And she calls me darling. And she's just, like, fancy. Like, I don't even Hell know yeah. her personality type yet because she just moved in today. Um, but she just, like, adds a little bit of glamour to my otherwise kind of rough and tumble island. Because I also, Stephen, ended up with, like, half my villagers are jocks right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 do, I do love Genji. Genji was my, oh, Genji's one of my awesome. first villagers. Yeah. He's great. He's so funny. Um, he calls me Mochi. Uh, yeah, he's. Th those are probably my two favorites right now. And they're also tiny, which I really like. Um, <laughs> I, I, I also just got, I got Kabuki and I don't know what to think of him. He is a cat with like kind of, he's got some, he's got sort of a strange aesthetic. Um, and he talks in the lowest graveliest voice of all time. Like yeah. it, it's so, it's so creepy. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little unsettled by him, but I also think he could end up being one of my favorites. So we'll see which, which. Yeah, it can go either way with, with villagers that are committing to a very specific brand. It's, it's very yeah. hit or miss because it's like, yeah. you know. It also might not mix with what you're going for on your island. I honestly, like, right. I kind of just said yes to everyone at first. And now yeah, I'm at yeah, a point where, too. like, I really want changed. So I had the four that I don't want to leave. Uh, and mm. then I have a couple that I'm, like, leaning towards, like, maybe you should move on. Uh, mm -mm. And then the rest, I'm like, I like you, but I want, I don't want to limit your potential. So, like, I'll say yes <laughs> if you want to move. Because I really yeah. just want to change it up. Like, I think, like, yeah. I've also learned, and I think you like this, Alana, because you're a huge Fire Emblem fan. I've learned recently that if you if the villagers start talking to each other and they're like engaging in a conversation if you talk to one of them you can see what their conversation with each 
other is. So it's like weird support scenes with your villagers, which (laughs) there was one with Berto and Lily talking about like, if you can eat pizza for breakfast. Uh, And it was really (laughs) bizarre. Um, but I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I, awesome. I, I've mentioned multiple times on, on the show that Henry the Frog, once he moved in, I felt like he became the protagonist of Animal Crossing New Horizons <laughs> to me. Um, but then I started listening in on all the conversations he was having, and he always got into arguments with everyone. Every time I would listen in on his conversations, it was always him <laughs> doing something very... Very innocuous that would blow up into some kind of argument, which either felt like a a curb your enthusiasm, maybe like situation (laughs) or Henry is just playing nice to me and and is actually kind of a piece of shit in the background. I'm not really sure which one yet. (laughs) He does have a Larry David air to him for sure. Yeah. (laughs) There hasn't been any like conflict on my island yet. Like, again, it might be too soon, like especially because I don't have that many villagers, but uh, I'm I'm sort of excited for the for the chaos to ensue. Yeah, I almost feel like I wish there was a Majora's Mask moon to like just kind of like not necessarily destruction but I'm getting to the point where like in SimCity once you built the city and you're like you know what let's just invite Godzilla right, and see right. what happens like I kind of want to invite some chaos into my island which is why I keep Erdo around obviously yeah um, when um when you first got the game Alana and and we were talking about it I was just I think the thing I said to you was enjoy the first two weeks because they're like definitely something that you're gonna yeah. look back on with like a, a, a pretty weird fondness I think when the island was nothing because now, I mean, it's been the same on my island for like about a month at this point. Like pretty much all the villagers mm, have stayed mm-hmm. the same. Nobody's asked to leave, so nobody's left yet. Um, so it, it's <laughs> kind of just settled into this routine, which I appreciate. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I've mentioned this on the show before also, but like the fact that this game exists was the reason I was getting out of bed every morning for a while during like the mm, beginning mm-hmm. of this whole thing where like I was getting out of bed just sure. to see what was happening in the mornings and buy turnips and all that kind of stuff. Um, but now at this point, I, I do wonder if like if there's ever going to be a point when they release an update that it's like, you know what? That first two weeks actually was like a really interesting and novel thing. I wonder mm. if there, if at some point Tom Nook is going to show up and he's going to be like, hey, do you want to just start from scratch, my guy? Like, we'll like give you right, some stuff right. to make up for it. But like, do you want to just do you want to just move to another new island or something and, and like bring some of your villagers with you? I could see them doing yeah, that eventually. Yeah. Like, just say cool. you could like come Blank back slate. and visit yours, maybe. But like, it's not yours anymore or something. Oh, my God. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Me and my kitchen are leaving. Goodbye, sucker. <laughs> Goodbye, fools. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think in terms of the ways that this game has changed the formula of the franchise, like I, I think I think that starting with nothing is definitely the most novel and the most interesting. Mm. Um, and, and it seems weird that like at a certain point, the game just never lets you go back to that. Um, right. Right. Especially because like there's so much early game stuff where like at a certain point, why would you ever build uh, like a wooden tool ever again? You know what I mean? Like it just <laughs> it just doesn't make sense a, a, after a certain point. Like, why would you collect the sticks to make a shovel or something when you can just go buy? one from the nook shop or whatever Mm -hmm. um and it's like all these mechanics that they built into the beginning of the game that just never get used again or they're kind of just like left behind once you get your town hall and stuff and kk slider comes to visit i don't know i could see them uh introducing some stuff but at the same time like i'm just really excited for the next time nintendo tweets something that's like hey we're adding x new building to the game right right. Uh, (laughs) look out for the avalanche (laughs) (laughs) climate change (laughs) oops part of the island flooded check on naomi (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
I, I'll, I'll say too, in turn, we were talking before about like this game really like creatively inspiring you and like mm-hmm. looking for all these recipes. I think like I'd also encourage anyone picking it up to like not feel too pressured to like, like you mentioned before, Lana, that you felt like you were behind. Like, yeah. right, it's only right. natural with like how prevalent this is on social media. But I also think like there's a lot of joy to be found with this game, just like kind of being comfortable with what you already have and just like seeing how yeah 100% I love just sitting on the bench in the town square and seeing how all the villagers interact with the stuff I've built like you know they they really do interact with everything and they'll comment on it sometimes it doesn't make sense like Billy would be like (laughs) this high-end stereo really improves my jogging routine I don't know (laughs) that seems like a logic-based sentence Billy a lot of times you'll see them like using the snack machine or like you know just like eating a hot dog on the beach like that's stuff I love so much yeah yeah I I find that that's what the game game is about and that's kind of what it's always been about i think one of the one of the weirder things that they changed about this game and i saw some tweets about it that were like talking about how happy they are that this is gone but i i kind of liked its inclusion in previous games um that that if you were to run on the grass a lot in every earlier iteration of this franchise if you ran on the grass a lot that area of the grass would start to die it would like start to wither out <laughs> um which was trying to encourage you to take things slower and just sh- just walk everywhere like you don't need to be sprinting around your island constantly you can take your time you can enjoy these things that's not a thing in this game so feel free to run as much as you want if you run through your flowers they'll (laughs) die uh, but the grass is never going to die on you. But I, I feel like that mechanic by itself or that that one little inclusion in, in the previous games, like really, to me, was the thing that indicated to me as a, as like a kid, as like a, a, a mm. 11 or 12 year old playing these games for the first time. That was the first time that I was like, oh, yeah, I should really like just kind of enjoy the place instead of like constantly working to build my house up and, and to be, I don't know, the fucking monopoly man of this island with six people. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need to be the Jeff Bezos of... of uh, Fucktown, you know? Oh, good morning. Pieces <laughs> <laughs> of Fucktown is the episode name, I think. <laughs> oh my god. It is it is funny to see how people have like mid-maxed this game to like a like one percent like Republican level right, of evil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is why I was talking about this before we started recording, but so I just bought turnips for the first time. Like this yeah. is the first Sunday I've played. Um and it is so far the thing that has stressed me out far none the most about this game. Like, you know, also I, I had like no money. I had like 50,000 bells, but I decided to like put it all into turnips. Um, but it's just like truly insane to me seeing like people walking away with like 7 million bells or whatever from yeah. a transaction. And it's just, like, <laughs> that, that is just a different game than the one I'm playing right now. Like I yeah. am scraping up money to like pay to move the houses that I like thoughtlessly just put wherever and now that i finally have a plan i'm just like i gotta pay to undo all my <laughs> and we were talking about daisy may earlier but it's it's as if like a little kid's lemonade stand was secretly the stock market where like <laughs> you think i'm just buying lemonade and it's like i'm a drug cartel yeah, yeah. <laughs> step right up your future is mine to take okay. <laughs> all right daisy may yeah, we were, <laughs> I bet you can't find me. <laughs> we were saying in, in the uh, also before we started recording, just the fact that like the first time you ever meet her, she's like, I'm not totally sure what this is, but I'm still going to sell it to you. Like, ah, she's just playing dumb. She's just playing coy. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's actually Absolutely. better than her than her grandmother at doing this. Joan. Yeah, I do miss Joan. I miss Joan, too. I hope, I hope she's doing well. Um, 
I, I, I do is. think um, just to go back to the idea of like min maxing the island and like people playing a different version of the game than us. <laughs> I, I do think like one of the brilliant things about this game, weirdly enough, is its connection to uh, to the Internet. Weirdly, like pretty mm. constantly. Um, the fact that like right now there's only one uh, Nook shop upgrade that you can get or like there's a limit to uh, how big your house can get currently. I could see all of that stuff changing in the future. I could see a, a third version of the Nook shop showing up. Mm. But usually that stuff is just built into the game. So if you time travel a shitload, like you could just get all that stuff immediately, uh, which is what a lot of people tried to do with this game and then found out that they maxed <laughs> everything out like pretty quickly. I feel like mm. that's it's, it's weirdly um, like Nintendo uh, has... I don't know, just hit the brakes on all of that uh, just by not including it in the video game when it launched uh, in a way that'll like kind of force those people to to take the game at face value and to start to enjoy it, uh, enjoy the day by day and enjoy the, um, mm-hmm. the, the just the possibility space of what's already there instead of trying to uh, reach the end game of Animal Crossing, which is like, I don't know, it's like it's like trying to speed run Animal Crossing. Like, I just don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's really bizarre. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really kind of respect the developers for doing that. I, th- I think limiting what's available at first and like uh, introducing it in real time, uh, actual updates like months later is, is definitely the way to go in terms of like forcing people to to interact with the themes of the thing. I love that. I think it's great. Big fan. I, 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 I just mentioned that because I've seen a lot of people like decry that I, I, a lot of people are very much against it, but I, I think it's awesome. No, I totally agree. I'm scared of the new Nook shop, though, because, like, I'm already priced out of the current one. But, like, this <laughs> this plebeian's grand piano is simply 90000 Like, I, you know. Yeah. Well, the next one's going to be, like, some type of strange, like, Mac shop, like, Crystal Palace, Silicon Valley world, I feel. Right, like, there's no cash registers. Like, you just have yeah. to <laughs> wander until you find someone with a tablet. Yeah. You have to I'll pay in villagers. Like... <laughs> self-checkout yeah. and like those you know those you know the stop and shop robots that like roam around yes. the aisles with the big eyes on <laughs> oh, man. um yeah I, I could just see a situation in which oh you want this poster with a kanji on it are you willing to part with beardo <laughs> <laughs> the gig economy comes to yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know oh my god um so yeah hopefully that doesn't happen yeah should we uh should we take a break and come back and talk about more stuff? That sounds yeah. great. Okay, cool. Bye everyone. Goodbye. Hello, we're back everyone. Welcome That's back. That's very nice. I liked that. <laughs> oh yeah, thanks. Singing a little bit. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um you do it again. <laughs> should I do it again? Okay. I'll do it. Hang on. <clears throat> okay, cool. <clears throat> Hello. That's How great. was that? Was that good? You're good. You're Dulcet. good tenor. Okay, beautiful. Cool. I'm glad. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, um, <laughs> quick, uh, quick housekeeping stuff. Just wanted to mention very quickly. Uh, last week I talked about new links. There's another new link. So we were we were directing people to Anchor.fm/slash/into the cast if they wanted to subscribe to the podcast. Um, I recently built a new website for the show uh, just to make things even easier because I found that the Anchor site was a little bit like uh, slapdash in terms of like it, it was it was hard for people to figure out where to click to subscribe uh, to the podcast. So uh, now you can go to intothecast.online, which is an internet website that you can visit, uh, which has all the links you need from every place that the podcast is available to also every bit of social media that we're on, including Twitch, uh, our email address. So you no longer have to type in uh, the long (laughs) homunculan email address that we concocted for some reason. Get a mouseless computer and do like a program.exe email Stephen and Brendan. (laughs) Yeah. Head West. 
Um, you can just go to intothecast.online uh, and, and you can uh, find all the links there. So that's that's a, one thing. Uh, the second thing is uh, we did recently, uh, last week, we did a live premiere of our first ever episode of the show that oh, we recorded. Um, yeah. Well, technically the second, but the first one that we released, which was the uh, 2018 E3 Spectacular, which is weird that our first episode was a special episode, but Very anyway. surreal. Yeah. It, well, so like, because that was, that was recorded before our intro, before we even had the name of the show and i think i it, like the episode ends with me going this is fun we should do it again so it's, not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not even clear if we're going to continue making the podcast yeah like we hadn't even fully caught up yet like a very like i think we consider um octopath traveler to be like the first like canonical episode yeah. but uh it was really fun to revisit it and like really weird to hear us say stuff that we have like completely 180 from in terms of video games mm-hmm. like we're both like can't wait for cyberpunk spider-man looks stinky and dumb and <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like just so wrong about everything, but it was a lot of fun. Thanks for all who joined us. Yeah, yeah. So we we did it live where uh, we had live chat along the side. So that was really cool. So thanks everybody who joined us for that. That was really great uh, to revisit that that extremely weird shit. But anyway, <laughs> ever since then, uh, every day at I think one p.m. Eastern, there's a new episode of the podcast backlog getting uploaded to the YouTube account. So that's happened every day since then, uh, and will until we're caught up. So uh, if you want to go check out the old episodes of the podcast on YouTube. Uh, if that's your listening platform of choice, which is a thing that a lot of people do, uh, you can go check it out there. Yeah. Also, just wanted to mention, uh, Steve and I talked last week about maybe potentially uh, starting to do some more Twitch streams. Uh, and we were like, hey, let us know what games you want us to play uh, if you want us to do like joint Twitch streams, kind of like our uh, Remnant or or Oblivion stuff, like wh- what stuff do you want us to play? Um, and I, <laughs> I tried checking out Fallout 76 because it was free this weekend. So I was like, oh, this would be so fun. Like if we just like made our own characters and started wandering yeah. around the wasteland together i have never bounced off a game as hard as i did with fallout 76 (laughs) i started like i mean everyone knows that that game is like not not great there are a lot of people who play it and really like it but i think like uh, on the whole it didn't get reviewed very well it seems like they haven't changed a whole lot about the onboarding and stuff they've kind of uh made it more about retaining uh players who have been playing for a long time than like onboarding new people so i started the game immediately walked out of the vault i got uh, attacked by like 18 zombies that were like five levels above me and then a bunch of a bunch of other players who were like in a biker gang together came and just started hitting me with a crowbar which like doesn't hurt me but it was enough to make me never play the game again uh so it was like <laughs> it was also nighttime and it was raining uh and there were like crabs everywhere i don't know it was just like an awful time um so you know, 76 off the same the table. if you want us to Crossing. play a video game on stream it's not gonna be that <laughs> i'll say that much <laughs> every other video game on the table fallout 76 not so much yeah but anyway that's housekeeping <laughs> i commend your effort though like you're someone who bought two copies of anthem like so i think you know you you wanted to spelunk into this like giving it a shot and sometimes it's not worth it but i'm glad you discovered that for yourself yeah yeah i was glad that it was free to try at least um yeah i do i do like i do like to try stuff that i think i'm not gonna like for example actually uh worth mentioning last last night um i played call of duty modern warfare the newest call of duty video game uh which is the first time i played a call of duty in probably like five or six years i would say in terms of like their yearly releases um and i started playing the campaign and boy was it really like stomach churning off-putting like very confusing politics that were actually maybe a little bit troubling um i i don't think i have the stomach to play that game (laughs) to be totally honest i'll probably try the multiplayer and i'll come back and i'll talk about it at some point but like in terms of the campaign uh 
it's it is the biggest budget you can have for a video game. And they sure put all of that into like very questionably immoral shit um, with with no central theme. Right. It's it's both sides is um, like taken to its logical extreme, I think. Uh, really horrific video game. But anyway, just me trying new shit, thinking <laughs> maybe it'll be fun to talk about on the podcast uh, and not and not something that would uh, prevent me from wanting to play a video game or eat my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let us know what you want as a stream. I've lost my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, a thing I actually did want to talk about uh, is is yeah. a video game that came out for the Nintendo Switch last week, uh, which I, I couldn't believe just like dropped without really any fanfare. Um, but uh, the Elder Scrolls Blades, the iOS and Android game that uh, I did talk about once when I when I was in the beta of it, or maybe not. I'm not really sure. I played the beta way long ago and didn't like it very much, but I was like, okay, this is coming out for Switch. I'll play this eventually. It's now out on Switch. It's free. It's a free-to-play game. You download it. You play it on your Switch. It's essentially just like taking dungeon crawling from Elder Scrolls and turning it into a free-to-play game where you have this town that's been like ravaged by, I, I forget, I think the elves. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to the story. What kind of elf, Brendan? I think the dark elves. The Dunmer? Good. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Being a jerk. Um, I wasn't the Khajiit paying... have ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> Damn um, those cats. I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to the story. I just kind of wanted um, to try it out mechanically and see if it felt better yeah. on the switch. The way the way the game's like kind of loop works is you're in this town that's been completely destroyed uh, and you go out into dungeons like killing goblins and spiders and skeletons and shit. Uh, and you collect a bunch of resources and then you can use those to uh, build up all the buildings in town. And that's building like a blacksmith so you can upgrade your shit or like an alchemist who can like make you potions or whatever. And all of this stuff has like energy timers and like timers to build all of the buildings. Like it'll take like four hours to build a blacksmith or like upgrade the blacksmith or whatever. Um, there's like an arena. There's there's uh, like a, a endless like roguelike kind of dungeon crawling experience where like it just randomly generates new floors as you go deeper and deeper and they get harder and harder and harder. And at first I was like, uh, I, I can see myself bouncing off of this. And then next thing I knew, I'd played it for like three hours. Um, and I was just <laughs> listening to a podcast while I was doing it. And it kind of uh, it, it kind of solidified this thing for me that I was thinking about maybe writing about uh, for our medium, but um, ended up wanting to talk about on the show. I, I, I think there's like definitely room right now for games that are just OK. Like, I think. I think I'm yeah. like so okay with having this like v extremely free to play ass video game that like feels just good enough to be engaging, but is also something that I can completely tune out of while I'm like watching Community or Succession, which I'm rewatching right now. Um, just like I, it's so nice. I, I mean, for a while that was Animal Crossing, right? Like for a while, Animal Crossing was the thing that I would just run around and I would like figure out how to build the cafe or I would shake every single tree. But at a certain point, I kind of needed to like switch off to something new. Um, ah, switch off anyway that thing has now become the elder scrolls blades which is a game that i'm enjoying a lot more than i thought i would and i'm very okay with the fact that like even though it's extremely free to play it never limits the amount of playtime that you have like it, it's not saying you can only do this much dungeon crawling per day or whatever you can do as many quests as you want um I've, i have not hit a point yet playing it for many hours where it's like prevented me from wanting to continue or or it's prevented me from continuing um you know on, on its own so i think that there's something to be said for a game that like is just awesome to have on in the background or like is awesome to have in the foreground while something else is on in the background because as much as I uh, enjoy the experience of sitting down and playing something like I don't know Final Fantasy 12 and like that's a pretty engaging thing um, and that's a thing that I've been playing a lot of recently it's also really nice to like just have a night where 
we make dinner and we have like some shitty TV show on in the background. Uh, not to say the succession or community are shitty because they're not. Um, but like something on <laughs> in the background that I've seen like many times and like both of us just have our switches on the couch and like my partner's playing Animal Crossing and I'm playing Elder Scrolls Blades and it's like just a, kind of a nice way to wind down for the night. Um, yeah. So I, I asked this in the Discord um, just out of curiosity because there's another game that I've been playing which I just downloaded kind of on a whim because somebody at work recommended it but it's uh, it's called Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's all it's, it's another like free to play ass video game um, in the in the vein of like a Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes or Marvel Strike Force where like you're just collecting a bunch of characters from like a specific IP and you just make them like fight essentially. <laughs> um, Goofy's dad. Uh, Max. <laughs> yeah. I got the whole uh, Goofy I got the whole Goof troop. troop. Yeah. <laughs> Max is broken. Disney has to nerf Max. Sorry. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I've had too much coffee. <laughs> Please keep talking. Um, but like in this game, I'm just like right now, my team is a uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Mickey, Ariel from The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, uh, uh, Captain Hook, and Buzz Lightyear. And I'm, just, I'm like Kingdom Hearts 4, baby. Let's yeah, it. it feels like Kingdom Hearts adjacent, weirdly. But like, yeah. it's also another game that's like just engaging enough for me to like literally have it on in the background. And what's wild about those games that I didn't realize I've never played any of them like that before. It's like they just play themselves in the background too. Like when you go into a level, they just like go uh, if you want them to. Like you could sit there and like tap on every single thing and make every single decision. But there's also a button that's just called auto. And then when you press it, it just plays itself. Uh, so <laughs> that's weird. But I asked this in the Discord, just like, hey, does anyone here like have any like really guilty pleasure games that they like downloaded for mm-hmm. mobile or whatever? And a ton of people responded. And I'm not gonna like go into the responses or whatever. But like, if you want, you can join the Discord. You can uh, go to. Uh, the worst garbage out online and find that link but like just a, it kind of got a lot of people talking about like the the guilty pleasure games that we have and like when games are just okay enough to like continue playing or like check in with every day um and it made me realize that like animal crossing kind of filled in that spot it's like a 60 dollar version of a free-to-play game in a weird way where like it, it is creating that routine where like every morning now I check Disney Sorcerer's Arena uh, and Elder Scrolls Blades <laughs> before I do anything else. Um, but that is now my reason for getting out of bed during quarantine uh, instead of Animal Crossing. Good morning, for now. Max. Good morning, <laughs> Buzz. <laughs> Um, and I was just wondering from both of you if, if you've ever had any games like that, anything that like, oh, yeah. that's like just so okay that it like kept your interest for a while and, and, and I don't know, it was comforting and, and even if it wasn't good. I mean, I think like, I, I feel like I hear this term a lot, uh, when you talk uh, movies in particular, but I hear a lot of people whenever they like say they enjoyed something, they go, it's not perfect. It's not the greatest thing I've ever watched. It's like, it doesn't have to be, like you said, like it's okay yeah. to enjoy something. And, and I, I, I often grapple even with the term guilty pleasure because i don't think you should like Mm -hmm. feel shame for enjoying something Mm. in this world in this life uh yeah but i'm trying to think of a specific game where like like it was on that line of like there's things that like i'm i'm actively like this feels not good but i'm having a great time trying honestly i feel that way with a lot of like retro arcade games like i really Mm -hmm. love like the classic side scrolling like streets of rage and i mean i wouldn't say that that game is good but like i think those types of games that like by today's standards might feel more archaic and like kind of more um i don't know like more limited and like what was once novel is now like really basic i enjoy that a lot i think too i mean i play uh fire emblem heroes on my phone like that is a very 
go and that's something too where i just see who i get like i don't really play it as much as i just like check to see who i get and one day i'll get to do but maybe not today uh, <laughs> is he in the game now um, i don't think so. they, they've been adding three houses characters like slowly but surely so like the house leads are in it i think yeah bernadetta and lysithia are but yeah i mean i think like it's nice to have, I think about this too with like hobbies in particular, where like I have the things I do that I take seriously. And then I have stuff that like I know is never going to be a bigger deal than it is. Like I, I play guitar to unwind and I'm never going to like write a song or like try to do that seriously. But it's really nice just to have that like exist for me to do if I just need to like really turn my brain off. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm trying to think of another example of a game. Oh, uh, you know what? Perfect example is Hyrule Warriors. I love Hyrule Warriors. It's the dumbest game ever. But just having the ability to play as Darunia and like fight a million <laughs> goblins is like my dream. Yeah. Uh, that game's Princess unreal. Princess Rudo just like kicking ass with waves. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Make Linkle canon. <laughs> Linkle rules. Winkle's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't really have any. Like, I was kind of just trying to go through my, like, mental Rolodex mm. of games. I think because I get so, so obsessed with games that, like, they, they end up being, like, pretty like it, it's the zeldas and the pokemons of the world you know as yeah, opposed to yeah. the smaller stuff probably the game that i play the most on my phone though i've put in like hundreds and hundreds of hours is this incredibly shitty uh free cribbage app like the card game cribbage. <laughs> it's like it's so bad like it's got those like awful little pop-up ads like you have to pay if you want to like change the color on the back of the card. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the paid dlc um but it's so fun and it just like like really hits that pleasure center right of like like I'm a big crafter you know like you were saying Stephen about having these sort of like mind turn off hobbies like whenever I'm just like knitting something really simple or like crocheting or whatever it's like the exact same feeling as playing this crappy little cribbage game where it's like <laughs> you're just adding up constantly like you're just putting one foot in front of the other one stitch in front of the other one card in front of the other and yeah. it just like it's just like all these tiny, tiny little dopamine hits, like sort of in the in-between. Like it's not enough that I would ever just like sit there and do it like on its own, but like in the time when we got to take subways or like when yeah. I'm right, just like sitting on the couch watching yeah. TV or whatever, it's like definitely something I'm constantly running through. Yeah. That's awesome. On um on on the other podcast I do, the Terrace House one, uh, we end every episode with like recommendations for things that you should check out or do or whatever. Mm. Um and on the most recent episode I was saying my recommendation for the week was to just find a new like hobby that a lot of people are like very very in-depth on and then just try and learn as much as you can right, because right. like I find that everybody right now has this weird balance between like way more time than they've ever had before, but also we're very good about filling it. Um, so there's this, like this give and take between like having a shitload of time and also having none at all. So I've been like filling my time with just getting really, really, really into the world of like custom mechanical keyboards and just everything <laughs> that involved. I, I had no idea that there was so much going on there where like people are obsessed with the way the, the uh, connectors are soldered uh, inside the keyboard. <laughs> Board, as if anyone's gonna see that or care it's like just the person who has it like knows like ah, i like the way the lines spell out my name inside or something like that you know like really bizarre um but but that kind of shit i found really comforting honestly um that kind of stuff like i eventually just kind of for one straight week just like all of my free time was spent like watching youtube videos of like people talking about the the ins and outs of mechanical keyboards and then i bought one and now it's awesome um but i've like maxed out that <laughs> hobby for myself and now i'm moving on to this one where i'm playing every free-to-play game i can find um, <laughs> and also call of duty and fallout 76 uh <laughs> Which is really weird. Oh, so yeah, I think dude. I'm unraveling in a way, but I'm also uh, expanding my horizons. So yeah. uh, I feel good about it. Yeah, I love think, a hobby. <laughs> absolutely. 
And I think too, like I can see a parallel between Brendan, your like tenacious desire to kind of be proven wrong to be like, I know I have this like preconceived idea of how I'm going to enjoy something. And even if you're proven right, like with Fallout 76 or Call of Duty, it's like, okay, well, at least I, at least I did it. Like I checked it out. Yeah. And on this show, I think I, I can point to a lot of examples where like you or I were really surprised at how much we ended up liking something that we had like zero interest in. Yeah. Fire Emblem Three Houses is a great example for me where like <laughs> I, I mentioned before that game came out, even the first time they showed it at E3, I was like, Every single time they announce a new Fire Emblem game, I get so excited because everybody else is excited and then I play it for like four days and I hate it. <laughs> I just move on to the next thing. Uh, and Three Houses is now my second most played game on the Switch. It was until Animal Crossing came out. Um, yeah. But I, I will return to that game eventually and do the Blue Lions run and have a great time. But that was a game that I, I checked out purely for the podcast and purely because I wanted to be proven wrong. And I super was. Uh, it was our game of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy um, kind of challenging my beliefs on media, I think, as much as possible. Um, I, I think that that's like healthy and fun uh, and I recommend doing it. I think that's tied to to like picking up a hobby that might be outside your immediate interest. Because mm. like I think, too, especially with the arts, I know a lot of people who like kind of convince themselves like, oh, I can't do that. Or like that's totally. like, I'm not artistic. And it's like it's something that I mean, like, yes, there, I think there are people that might have a knack for it. But like it's a skill that can be learned, you know, like anything that seems. And I think that goes full circle back to like social media and seeing stuff, you know, on Animal Crossing, like, oh, someone built like a game of thrones one-to-one you know map uh it's like that never like compare what you're doing to what someone else has done because like you're starting your own journey with the independent of that uh so and i think there's a lot of power and a lot of inspiration to find with like oh shit i just learned a new instrument i learned how to do this or whatever like you uh <laughs> my first thought was you can do anything but it's true like just learn something new it's it's incredibly inspiring yeah yeah i hear that all the time steven from uh anyone who's asking me to learn how to knit pretty much always prefaces it with like i'm not crafty or like you know yeah. i learned when i was six and i like sucked at it or whatever um and like i think that there's just such power in letting yourself suck at something for a while yes, like, absolutely. like kind of no one is good at knitting when they first start like it's it's absurd it's just like sticks and string and then you like are trying to make an object like it's objectively insane yeah. um but it, but it's really it's it's really gratifying i think especially because like so many people are teaching themselves stuff right now right yeah. like everyone's like on youtube or like on skillshare or whatever um yeah. and it's just been like yeah it, it's been a really interesting time to sort of watch people like reckon with with being shitty and having that be okay yeah exactly because it rules it's so liberating yeah yeah absolutely and the idea too that like mathematically you're only going to get better if you keep doing it and like that's mm -hmm. not linear but like you mm -hmm. will like i have some friends who are starting to paint with watercolors right now and mm. they're like having a ball with it and you know i just it's so cool to see i love it yeah yeah my yeah. boyfriend's making pasta like so much pasta more pasta Hell yeah. than like from scratch ever. Oh yeah. He's currently doing it. Like it is. Happening <laughs> at this moment. But it's been really interesting watching him like iterate. Like this is probably, I want to say like the 12th batch he's made or whatever in the last few months. Um, and like each time I can just see him sort of like fine tuning or be like, if I use this type of flower or like, if you know, like leave it out for this length of time. Um, and like, I certainly don't have the patience cooking wise to do that, but like 
I don't know. I think it's just like very satisfying for him to like have this like tiny end goal of, I guess, perfect pasta. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cooking for me has been that. Absolutely. Because like I, mm-hmm. I uh, for the longest time, because I was commuting four hours a day, like I I would get up with just enough time to leave the house and make it to work on time. And then I would get home at like eight, eight thirty. And I never had the time or the desire to cook at that point because I was so exhausted. So I would just like be ordering out literally every single day, pretty much uh, for the most part. And then even on weekends, I was like so exhausted that I would just continue doing that. Uh, uh, it doesn't help that I have like the first ever oven. Uh, it's like the, <laughs> the area that I can cook something in is like maybe the size of my head. So I can like barely fit like uh, a, a third of a pizza in there if I wanted to like make my own pizza. Very small. It's also uh, it's, you know, I have to light it with a match. It's like really old. It says it says caloric deluxe on it. It feels like very like 1950s, like linoleum supermarket shit. That's like a gamer tag. Caloric deluxe. Caloric deluxe. <laughs> That's um, perfect. But anyway, oh, like I, just because of all of that stuff, I just convinced myself that like uh, I'll learn to cook when I move. Like I'll move into a place that has mm-hmm. a better kitchen. I'll learn to cook when I move. And now that I'm home all the time, I've been cooking like constantly, which was awful at first because I was terrible at it. But now has become great. And I've just been challenging yeah. myself to not order out at all. Um, so I've, I've been uh, ordering takeout like once a week since it started and cooking every other meal, which has been mm-hmm, awesome mm-hmm. and really gratifying. And, and I've just really enjoyed learning that. Uh, Alana, you brought up Skillshare. I'm just curious. I was asking somebody this yesterday. Yeah. Have you ever talked to anyone who has gone to Skillshare.com and learned something? No, I, I said that and didn't mean it. Yeah, I just <laughs> see it advertised everywhere. I just, it's like, yeah. it's in every, po- it's not oh, on this I podcast. We're not friend. sponsored by Skillshare. I do have a friend who I think it's called Masterclass. Like it's like oh, yeah. you sign up and it's like a subscription. And like my understanding is that it's like celebrities or like people who are like really at the top of their game. Teaching yeah, you, you pay per class. It's like if you want oh, Natalie gotcha. Portman's classes, they're all $100 also. Each one is $100. Um, if you want like Martin does Scorsese's like go, directing class. Like is Natalie Portman, like what's her cut? Like does, is, this <laughs> a, is this a lucrative stream of income for her? I have no idea. Um, it does feel like cameo in like, a tuxedo you know because like, <laughs> some of the clo- like honestly there's some that stand like gordon ramsay cooking would love to take that that would be yeah. amazing uh i've heard you know, the cooking and the writing ones are actually really great and everything Neil else Gaiman is like, has one yeah there's one that's like it's uh james suckling teaches wine tasting and i'm like you know i don't feel like i'm gonna have the money for this class and the wine and cigars right. you're recommending me <laughs> like <laughs> This what if you just ridiculous. got the class, but then had like Franzia or whatever? Mmm, <laughs> 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 Mad Dog 2020. Um, what's the year on this? <laughs> Two weeks um, ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I've just I've been so interested in those kinds of uh, online services, specifically yeah. uh, Skillshare Masterclass. I mean, because Masterclass is like a goof. Like, um, I don't know why I keep bringing up Disney shit. I hey, uh, I work for the Walt Disney Company. Anything I say. Or do does not represent the views of the company, but like Bob Iger did one on like how to run a multi-billion-dollar company. <laughs> it's like one person is watching that and and saying like, okay, like, do you think the guy who owns Pfizer is also watching the Bob Iger masterclass? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that for for my medicine company. 
<laughs> no, but for real, YouTube is just like such a great way to learn anything and everything. Like, yeah, yeah whenever anyone starts crafting, I'm just like, I could try and describe it to you. I could even try and zoom with you, but like, you should go watch a video of like someone's hands really close up. Yeah, YouTube yeah. is the way I've been learning everything. Uh, that <laughs> or books. Alana, you have a book coming out. Oh my God, that was so smooth. I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like shoot myself in the foot by being like, ignore my medium. Um, yeah, I have a book coming out in the fall. I think September 8th is the date right now. Um, it is called Knit a Hat, and it is a guide for beginners. Um, basically, my philosophy is that everyone who hates knitting hates it because they had to make a scarf when they were younger, and scarves just, like, take forever and are super mm. repetitive, and, like, kind of no one wants a scarf. Like, like you're not like, oh, great, like, this thing that I have now. So it's – I, I love to teach people on, like, really easy beginner hats. So that's, that's what the book is. Um, and it was really fun to do. It was, like, kind of the last thing that I did before lockdown started, yeah. um, like, doing photos and stuff for it. Um, and I have uh, – I guess if I'm going to plug, I have another book that came out like two years ago um, called The Curse of the Boyfriend Sweater, Essays on Crafting, which is basically just about feelings and making stuff um, and a lot about anxiety and heartbreak, but also joy and how making things uh, sort of intersects with all of that in my life. Yeah. Cannot recommend Curse of the Boyfriend Sweater enough. Uh, it is a book that made me cry on the subway. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Sorry you cried. No, no, it was it was yeah, We both laughed. <laughs> uh, it's 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 an extremely good book. I'm excited about Knit a Hat uh, because again, I want to experience new hobbies, and I think that that's going to be a, a fun one to to take up when it comes out. Uh, and, yeah. and we're still probably trapped at home. I think I'm going to get into knitting, yeah, so uh, that'll be really exciting. I'm excited to uh, to read that and, and experience it. Um, is are there other places where we can find you on the internet, Alana? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter just at Alana, and then my Instagram, I guess, is at Alana Bean. I, I can't get Alana just on Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's I've pretty tried. impressive that you have Alana on Twitter. That's it's, awesome. Honestly, I think it's a vestige from the BuzzFeed days. Like they mm. just had a lot of like arcane pull with social media companies that I don't even like know what was going on. Uh, yeah. But one day I just had that handle. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I saw the guy who has at Advil was tweeting uh, recently. He was like, people keep asking me if they can have my Twitter handle. It's like, if you're not a $52 billion company, I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see his masterclass on Twitter handles. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else we should cover this week? I, uh, I man, I, th this has been such a fun episode. I honestly feel like we've covered more in this time than like most episodes. Uh, in Thank a good you guys way. for uh, retrotting familiar territory with me. <laughs> I bring up. I'm just like a weird doll where you pull my string and I and I talk about Dudu and Berto. That's, like all, that's all I'm here for. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, know. Honestly, I, I think um, at, at least like uh, your piece, which I'll shout out again for the goods. Um, I, I found it to be a really interesting take on on these games that everybody is playing to kind of like cope or just like thrive, maybe even uh, mm -hmm. in a time that's very difficult. Um, so I, I think taking that or looking at these games through that lens is definitely uh, a new and interesting way of uh, talking about it for us, at least uh, <laughs> just two people who scream on Skype every week. <laughs> <laughs> and then post it as an mp3 to the internet um it's, it's nice to have a nuanced take for once on this fucking podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you for for heightening our art alana 
Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, cool. I guess we should wrap up then, huh? We should do all the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love doing the show. And, and once again, thank you, Lana, for joining us. If you like the show, the best way to support it is sign up for our masterclass on uh, <laughs> uh, streaming on Skype. Uh, just for a modest $100 and a few jewels and maybe a Nook ticket or something. No, uh, just tell a friend about it. That's easily the best way. And honestly, listening is also a great way to support if you really really like us you can review us on apple Podcasts out of five stars uh five is preferable to be honest you know uh we have a patreon also at into the cast pretty much everything is at into the cast so you'll find us through that uh as brendan and i have often said in this time especially and always but if you're currently back into patreon and it puts you in any kind of financial situation that you don't want to be in feel free to get rid of your uh donation we will not be offended and the show can still exist without the support it just lets us do more and yeah uh i think oh our twitch is into the cast like i said everything's into the cast and yeah i think that is it yeah right? all that stuff is available on uh into the cast online so every link uh is there it's also in the show notes oh i just if hey if you're listening to this part of the podcast uh, statistically that means you're the most likely to follow through on the things that we're saying please subscribe to our YouTube account because I really want to get youtube.com slash into the cast uh, and I think we need like 10 more subscribers to make that happen you don't you don't want youtube.com slash question mark exclamation point one two five x ex virus into the cast I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather not have a fucking <laughs> cryptocurrency uh, podcast <laughs> steal our goddamn YouTube handle uh, it is funny how the two things closest to our name are Minecraft and cryptocurrency related. It's yeah. like our two antagonists slowly closing in on us. Yes, on <laughs> we, we just found recently uh, some Minecraft YouTuber who released a, a YouTube video the same day our first episode of our podcast came out uh, that was also called Into the Aether, and it has almost the exact same logo yeah. as our podcast does currently for the season yeah. two and logo. And his name is like Stefan Hilger. It's very unsettling. No, that's not true. <laughs> But honestly, the rest is um, just some some weird fucking cursed alternate content you can go check out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, so it's yeah, fanfic it. for this podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to our Patreon donors. Uh, thank you to everybody who is still backing us on Patreon, including Akira, Alex, Andrew D, Andrew D, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Chris, Christopher, uh, Siren, uh, Craig, David, Dennis, Elliot, Enrique, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Joeri, Josh, Cameron, Connor, Kieran, Kim. Uh, pff, wow, there's so many now. Uh, Kyle, Mark, Mark H, Marcel, Marianne, Matt, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, Mima, Min, Murray, Naomi, No Name, Pablo, Pat, Philip, Robert, Salute, Peasy, Scout, uh, Sebastian, Shelly, and now I'm clicking to the second page. Skin Tight Alloy, Trevor, and William. Uh, thank you all so much for backing the show. There are more people backing the show than last week. Uh, wild. Our episodes are eventually going to be like a Warholian short of just you reading names. Like in a fixed, <laughs> medium close-up, white and black camera. Yeah. Uh, M- munching on art. a Whopper and, and reading Patreon yeah. names. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hate critics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's it for the podcast episode this week. Uh, thank you again to Alana for joining us. Uh, thank you to Stephen. For what? I don't know. What I do? Just thanks. <laughs> I'm always here. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> um, cool. All right. I guess we'll talk to you next week then. Bye, everyone. Sounds good. Bye.
the worst garbage dot online.